All right, welcome, welcome in to the 120th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We got a great one for you. I'm back in Jersey, sad. Miss being on Max's couch out in Cleveland, seeing super producer, but you know what? The show must go on. We got a good one for you today. Reports from around the realm, and we talk about the college football playoff wrapping up with a buy-sell for playoff teams. This is a very important window to capitalize on. While teams are in the playoffs, certain players are resting, not playing. Certain players are going to be either providing more value to their owners or less value if they get injured and or get an early bounce in the playoffs. So again, something to think about. Really interesting segment that we uh, we did last year and are doing again this year. So again, thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode 120 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Welcome, welcome in. Guys are back for another week. I am no longer in the land, no longer in the city of rock and roll, Cleveland, Ohio, back in Dirty Jersey. Max and Super Producer are hanging out in the land still. Gentlemen, we just saw an insane weekend of NFL football, followed up by an even crazier Monday night of college football. What do you guys think of the college football playoff? Oh my gosh, it's almost like the committee did their job right and got it exactly Holy how it smokes. Beat. No way. Yeah. And dude, I mean, Florida State played an insane bowl game, losing by 60 points, but they deserve to be in. And I know they didn't have all their players. I truly don't think it would have mattered. They I probably think. would have lost by 40 then. Correct. SP, what'd you think about the games from Monday night? Let's let's get a little bit of happiness in instead of sucking a life out of the podcast like Max always does. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I mean, there were some good games. Obviously, the uh, Bama-Michigan game going to OT was pretty electric. I, it's fun to see some of these guys, um, you know, just to get a little teaser for maybe some of the top-end prospects in the draft, like Adunze and uh, maybe Xavier Worthy and some of those guys. So, I, you know, I thought it was fun. I'm not a big college football guy, though, but I do like good football games, and there was a few there. Yeah, 100%. I think we'll get into it, especially in the offseason, but there's going to be a lot of discussion around Blake Corum coming off this past season, the one before where he had an ACL injury, and his stock as like one of the top three running backs from this class. We really don't see him as an elite-level prospect, but he does produce a lot for Michigan, so there's going to be a lot of discourse about him. I just love watching Jim Harbaugh be an alpha on the sidelines. I can't get enough of it. I think Penix and that offense against the number one defense in Michigan going to be an absolute show. I really, truly mean that. Next Monday night, by the time you listen to this podcast next week, we'll know who the national champion is. But right now we're going to look into our crystal ball. Give me your national champion, Max, Michigan, or Washington. I'm going to roll with Washington. I really do think they uh, Penix looked insane. Rome looked amazing as well. I know he didn't score, but at over 100 yards, so... I'm going to go Washington. Super producer? 
I'm going to go with Michigan here and I'm really don't have much to base it off of. Like I said, I really haven't watched too much college ball this year, but I think their defense looks pretty electric and it seems like Michigan's been the team of destiny this year after all the controversy kind of early on in the season. I think the storyline's there for Michigan. Harbaugh's, uh, you know, just like Jesus, he gets the job done and then then goes off. He pieces out as uh, Harbaugh always tends to make a Jesus reference in his press conferences. I don't know if you guys saw this. He said Jesus would have been a five-star recruit. He's just an absolute character. So I can see him taking that uh, that kind of angle where he wins the national championship and then pieces out for the NFL, higher, greater pastures. So we're looking forward to it. Next Monday night, Michigan, I do take Michigan. So we have two votes for Michigan. One vote for Washington. Gentlemen, it'll be an absolute treat next Monday. Yeah, Peter. I, I did want to say I just got some breaking news actually on my phone while we're recording. Brock Bowers declared for the draft. Peter, I know it's your guy. So uh, It is. I might take him at 101. I know you're not going to do that. But, I mean, knowing your manager skills and your manager moves, you might actually, Pete. So I wouldn't put it past you. Jameson Williams at 102. Uh, you're not wrong. You're just early. And I was extremely, extremely, extremely soul crushingly early on Jamison Williams at 102. Still early. Not it, it's early, boys. Yeah, you are right. for a second. No. I probably I probably could have bought him for a second this week, but he'll get his value back. Have faith. All right, let's move into reports from around the realm. All right, keeping on college football as the podcast starts to shift past fantasy championship and in-season mode, we're looking towards the future. I think this is a really interesting uh, question. Obviously, a lot of it's going to depend about landing spot, but we're looking at Michael Penix versus Drake May here. Penix will probably get a mid, late, maybe even second round draft value. He's been balling out, and I want to get a little bit of philosophy from the boys here. Would you take a guy like Penix who is going nuclear in college football this year, or would you go with the quote-unquote best prospect available for that second overall quarterback? We already know Caleb Williams is going one. Would you go Drake May, or would you go Michael Penix? I truly don't think Caleb Williams goes one. I'm not going to lie to you. In super flex drafts, Max. That's oh, okay. I thought we were talking real NFL draft here. Gotcha. I'm, uh, I, I still can't. You're cracked thinking that he doesn't go first overall, but, you know, go off King. The question, I'd rather have Penix, man. I mean, the lefty quarterback gets me a little weirded out, but I really do think that Penix is very special. I get it took him a little while to develop in college, but I love his arm talent. I love, I mean, he adds some rushing, not too much, but he's he's an athletic, mobile-ish quarterback. Super producer. As of right now, I'll just say Drake May, given that Penix, I mean – Obviously, he's having a nuclear year this year, and he had a good year the past year. I think just some of the injury history concerns and not really that early production um, will kind of kind of puts it there for me right now. I think my opinion could be swayed, obviously, as we're going to start uh, grinding film and, and grinding games here. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to landing spot. Like, let's say Penix gets drafted by the Jets. Who the hell is going to want him, right? Uh, he's going to probably go super late in your super flex drafts. But uh, let's say if Penix gets drafted by, you know, insert X coach, like let's say that he gets drafted by uh, the Bears and then the Bears go and get Jim Harbaugh or something like that. Uh, I'm not saying that exactly. I'm just saying if he gets drafted into a favorable situation with an offensive-minded coach, it's going to boost his value 
insanely. I think Drake May is going to be very safe. I look at him a lot, uh, a lot the same that I looked at Justin Herbert out of college. Very similar builds, very similar throwers of the football. And the whole thing is what May has is he has the traits. He has those intangibles that you, you can't teach. While Penix has been proving it on the field, I, I absolutely love May, but I'd probably go May just to be a little bit safer. I think that Drake May is a turnover machine and can't beat MT State and is just an average player. I'm really. I think Josh Allen that. in college was just a turnover machine and couldn't Josh. beat half the teams he played. No, I just I don't, I'm not a big Drake May fan, so I'd, I'd rather have Penix. But yes, Peter, it does become based off landing spot. I don't know. It's just like if Drake May goes to the Patriots, right? I just can't see him unless they go out and they trade for a T Higgins and Mike. Yeah, Evans. that would that would ruin me. They really bolster. Like I just can't see the Patriots doing well with him like really the Patriots are one of the worst situations but we also thought that with the Texans last year so a lot's going to change listen to this episode I will say this in our main dynasty league the past three winners have all been Monarchs me Nixie and now Jace um, which cuts out one uh, I think it's Peter who hasn't won I haven't even made the chip but actually it's insane this year I had one win and I still have more wins than you in the league, you know, sometimes sports and especially fantasy football comes down to, to luck and your players showing up in certain situations. You know, when you have three of the top six wide receivers in a season and in, in one week, they just all put up 10 points. You know, sometimes you just got to fall on your sword there and say, you know what? It's on me. I had to play harder for my players on the field. You know, that that's what I had to do. Absolutely. And, you know, this weekend, actually, a wise man told me a, a new phrase of KOE which means uh, king of excuses. And uh, Peter, I'm going to crown you the king of excuses after that one because that is just pitiful and pathetic would be my two. I will I will begrudgingly wear the crown. Let's keep moving forward. Jets look to cut Dalvin Cook, see if he can make a playoff run. Uh, let's talk DFS kind of if you're doing fantasy playoffs, which I love doing. We do that. Uh, if you're interested, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. We usually run one every year. Well, fantasy playoff action. He's not interesting to me at all. This upcoming offseason, I look at him as get what you can, even if it's 301. Yeah, you may even have a hard time getting 301 for him. I mean, but like you said, I'm I'm totally with you. Anything you can, any third. I mean, so if somehow you could talk somebody into a couple thirds, somehow if he finds his way onto a playoff team maybe and, and can get in, in the end zone uh, here or there. But no, nah, man, you totally got it. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't cut earlier. Uh, what a failed experiment from the Jets there. Uh, Brees looks – I mean, if anyone got to buy Brees on a discount because of Dalvin Cook, because of anything with Rodgers, like, cheers for you. The guy looks like the real deal. He always did. Um, but you really could have got Most receiving yards in the league, which is insane. Brees Hall does over wide receivers too. Well, over running backs. He's the most mm. receiving yards for running backs. Thank you for clarifying, Pete. You ever stop busting my balls? Peter, the day I do that will be the day I don't like you anymore because I, I do it out of love, Peter. Uh-huh. You do it out of love. As uh, For all those that aren't watching, Max put a big heart on the uh, on the screen right now, a little hand heart. Oh, there it is, and then it turned into middle fingers. Let's keep moving forward. Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon stated that Kyler Murray is, and I quote, no doubt, end quote, the franchise quarterback moving forward. This is big, knowing that the Cardinals have a top four pick, stacked quarterback class. This all but ensures Marvin Harrison to the Cardinals this upcoming offseason. 
this it would be either Marvin Harrison going there or probably the Patriots, which would be just the worst possible thing in the world. And I would want to curl up in a ball and cry. But let's assume the best and think that he's going to go to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray would add an extra weapon. What does this do to Kyler Murray's stock this offseason? I think he's an absolutely phenomenal buy low right after the, the trade deadline opens up. Funny you say that. He's actually my buy low in this episode. Um, just given, we'll talk about him more later, but given what he what he can do with his legs, and I'm not the biggest Gannon fan. I like Shane Steichen more coming from Philadelphia. But if they could, like, Trey McBride, we saw him emerge late. Marquise Brown, who knows if they'll resign him or not. Michael Wilson was a rookie this year who honestly didn't look too bad. The running back situation's a little chalked right now. James Conner's a little old. Imar Kari, DiMacados, I mean, Michael again, Carter got that juice. He did. He had that nice juke. But let's say Marv goes there, right? With Kyler's legs and Marv's ability and then Trey McBride, like, over the middle, Kyler, to Dangerous. me, is probably a, a top – top five top seven quarterback i mean i don't see where you put him elsewhere and he's young yeah man i totally agree with this i and you know we talked about it i feel like ad nauseum this off or this past off season where there was that such a huge buy window given kyler murray's injury everyone's all like oh he's not gonna be there long term they're gonna move on from him if you just think about it from an NFL franchise perspective, that was never going to be the case unless Arizona somehow found themselves with the one-on-one pick to pick Caleb Williams, because there's no way that they're going to somehow draft Drake may or even Penix. I mean, that would be such a blunder by them given that Kyler Murray's shown that he can be productive at an NFL level. And I, yeah, man, I'm excited to see what this looks like. Hopefully Marv does go there uh, and not, doesn't end up in New England to rot away. Be weary of the Trey McBride train right now. There's a lot of people that are trying to buy it. But if Marv goes there, I really do think it takes a little damper to Trey McBride. And I think it caps his feeling out at like a top, you know, like seven, eight tight end ranking wise. Yeah. Not I don't think he has he, that top five potential anymore. The only the only way that Trey McBride's value would either remain the same or get higher is if they draft a tackle or they draft like the best edge, which, you know, it's very early. It is extremely, extremely, extremely early right now. So we really don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. We're all just assuming that they're going to take the best skill position player that we've seen in the last 10 years in the NFL draft, but they might not. They are the Cardinals. So what I would do is be cautiously optimistic about Trey. I would hold him until the insider are letting you know they're going to go receiver or they're going to go X, Y, Z player that would, tank his value and then i'd buy him right around the start of training camp after the the rookie hype is kind of really through the roof and watching marv catch passes i feel like that's the best time to buy mcbride when you can probably get him for about maybe a first not marv sorry when you can buy trey for about a first all right let's move into our playoff buy sell edition very important segment for our active leagues out there All right, we're going to get into buy-sell playoff edition here. What the guys on the podcast did is we realized there's a lot of opportunity to sell before the panic starts or buy before that playoff hype comes. And we looked at certain players that are going to kind of tank during the playoffs, could potentially get hurt, 
their situation isn't looking great for next year, and we're going to sell them now while their their peak is high, or players that we really want to buy now because we really truly believe that the team can make a deep run. There could be a lot of hype around the player, especially if they keep performing well in this offseason. Mr. Max, you haven't shared who you're going with yet. It's always a mystery with you on the show. Can you give us your buy? I can, Peter. I actually like to start the other way around. I like to save the best for last. Um, so I'm going to give you my sell, and I actually have a couple of sells here. I, I know it's not in the rules, but I am going to bring a couple. You're just a rule breaker, Max. It's who you've always been. I'm a troublemaker, man, a rule breaker, troublemaker, whatever you want to call me. But my first sell um, is going to have to be Rashi Rice. I just think that – and it's really like a Rashi Rice slash Isaiah Pacheco combination. Really? You're on a sell? I'd be uh, on a buy. No, because I, I think his value is super, super high right now. Um, he just had over 100 yards this past week. He's obviously Mahomes' number one receiver right now, right? I don't think that the Chiefs go very far in the playoffs, to be honest with you. I think that they're going to make some adjustments at wide receiver, especially given they have the most drops in the league. And with that being said, I think if they add a Mike Evans, if they add a T. Higgins, yes, Rashi Rice can still be relevant. Don't get me wrong. But with that being said, I just don't know if he's going to be relevant. Um, and, and it makes me, I don't know if weary is the right word, but I, I think that. Come on, you have just, a big, uh, you got a big thesaurus in your brain there, Mr. Max. I know you, you're uh, a man of many words. Yeah, I'm a man of very few words, honestly, Peter. But I, I think that he's probably one of my biggest sells right when this window opens up, just given everything that's going on with the team and where they're at in the offseason. What are your guys' thoughts, I guess, on Rashi? Well, really quick, what is the sell price? Like, what what are you trying to get if you're actively trying to move weight here? Any any first, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. Any, I mean, I think you probably got him for a second this year, and I guarantee you didn't get him for a first. You could have, I guess, maybe like a late first. But I think if I could get anywhere from 109 to – anywhere from 109 to 101 obviously then i would be thrilled with that i still feel the same way as when we talked about him a handful of episodes ago where i don't think i I would sell for a first a first and a couple seconds i might be tempted there but i think there is just major upside here if the situation pans out i understand that the upside could not be there if, like you're saying, somebody big uh, goes to Kansas City there. But I think if you look at Rashid's role as well, even if you get a guy like T. Higgins, I mean, they're not really going to be competing for the same types of targets. So I I don't know. I mean, he'll, he'll be capped out at probably that wide receiver 20-ish range. I don't know. He's still a, he's still a hold for me, and I, I'd probably still be tentatively buying, but I, I would not sell for any first. This is what I'd like you to think about, Mr. C. And this is something that that Max, I think, is not missing here, but he's jumping over this and getting to the point instead of going through it and getting to the point. I want you to take Patrick Mahomes off the team and replace him with a guy like Baker Mayfield, who has had similar numbers to him this year. Listen, this is one of Patrick Mahomes' worst statistical seasons. His worst statistical season would be the best statistical season for a Jets quarterback ever. I know I hear everyone on Twitter already starting to type before I finish this. Yes, I would love Patrick Mahomes' worst season on the Jets. But if we compare him to a guy with less notoriety, less less hype, all these other things, 
Rashid Rice, what would his value be? It wouldn't be at one first and a couple seconds. It would probably be at around, like Max said, a first round pick, given that that uh that level, or maybe even two seconds, right? So you're paying the Patrick Mahomes tax here, and that contract is gonna start hitting very soon. You're already starting to see effects of that contract. The offensive line isn't shored up. The receiving room isn't better. They had to get rid of Tyreek Hill because that contract, they had a one-year stay. Kelsey's getting worse and worse and worse as the weeks go on. What I'm trying to say is essentially don't overpay just because it's Patrick Mahomes. Wait until his value becomes relatively normal this offseason. If they draft someone X, Y, Z, they move Mahomes' contract around. Wait till then to buy. Don't buy right now. Just like Max said, if you can sell, buy him later. Yeah, and I, I think that Mr. C is probably going to come back and say, oh, well, they have Patrick Mahomes, so I'm willing to buy because they have Patrick Mahomes and he's not going anywhere, which is fair. Like Mahomes is not going anywhere. But it's just given everything X, Y, Z, and the team that they have and Kelsey's declining. And I get Rashi could then step up and be the guy or whatever, but it's just there's too many mouths I feel like there's going to be to feed. So I think right now his value is so high. That's why I'm selling him. I don't think Rashi's a bad player. I just think you could get a really decent haul for him, um, and I would be looking to do that. Yeah, Max, let's hear your other sell now, if, since and you my, came so prepared today. I, I, I truly did, Peter. I mean, to see you and to see Mr. C – it, it, there's nothing like it. But, you know, Peter, with that being said, this one pains me to say, but I'm going to say David Njoku's my other sell. Um, oh, a million percent. He's a screaming sell. The Browns' schedule versus tight ends has been just a juicy, juicy schedule. Um, these past, I mean, honestly, you look at it, seven weeks. But Joe Flacco has been peppering him with targets. Um, eight, nine, 14, eight, six, nine, 15, yeah. nine, six, eight, nine. When he has Watson next year, because believe it or not, they're not going to move off of Sean Watson. Yeah, even, even if Joe even Flacco, if Uncle Joe wins the Super Bowl, they ain't going to move off him. They're really not. I think David Njoku is a good player. He what is, do you on, think you can get for him, dude? I think there's people out there in a super in a tight end premium league that would buy for a first right now. I, I truly do, especially after seeing what he did in the playoffs. I think he's the most either the first or second average points in these past three weeks on tight ends. Like he's just been on an incredible tear and that's all in people's minds. I think the Browns could go honestly quite far and people could be like, Oh, David Njoku, David Njoku, David Njoku. sell, please. I mean, in a one quarterback league, not tight end premium, any first great. If not, I would sell for two seconds in Fryermuth. I mean, a second in Fryermuth. Yeah, man, I, I'm totally with this one. And I think what you said is the clarifying thing there really makes a difference for me. Like, it totally depends on league format. Like, one quarterback, super flex, non-tight end premium. Non-tight end premium, I'm selling him all day long. I feel like tight end premium is where it could get a little bit shaky. I guess it, if you're really just trying to cash out and you have other options, I would do it. But... I don't know, man, it, to have a tight end that can put up any types of numbers in tight end premium is so valuable. So, I mean, maybe that plays to your point there too, Max, where you could probably sell him for a first and two seconds or, I, you know, something like that in uh, tight end premium. So I'm with it. Yeah, I think in vanilla leagues where you're, you got your kicker, defense, tight end, all these things, I think he can, especially in a home league, if you're from like, the middle of Ohio, like a lot of our players are, 
uh, and they're big Brownies fans. Yeah, OHIO, Mr. C. Uh, I think you can get a first for him in vanilla leagues, which says a lot. I, I really, truly believe that. A lot of people are going to think that it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, that he's broken out. We have been wrong before on this podcast. It is few and far between. But I, I, this is something I'd be fine being wrong about, is making profit while while you can on a tight end that you probably got for next to nothing. All right, let's move forward. I'll do my sell. Super producer will do his. We'll do a draft format like we used to do back in the day. My sell, I love my sell. This is a thinking man sell. This guy's been playing pretty good. Eagles offense kind of struggling. DeAndre Swift running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. I am selling for a first. Any first 2025 or 2024. 2026, I'd need a 2026 first plus a little bit extra. My whole thing is what a lot of people don't realize, even though he's having a great year and everyone, their initial reaction is, why would you trade him? He's the Eagles running back. He's going to get the workload. His carries have kind of gone down. They've started to go down. They've started to use Gainwell a little bit more. But this is a contract year for DeAndre Swift. Eagles, we know, don't pay their running backs. He is gone. You cannot attach an Eagles logo to him moving forward. He's going to find a new home. And Lord, please don't let him end up like Miles Sanders from this past offseason. I was all over Miles Sanders. Thought he was a great runner, independent of that offensive line. I was proven completely wrong. You need to move off of DeAndre Swift before the Eagles playoff game starts and you get any first you can. Lord forbid he gets hurt. Lord forbid the Eagles get bounced and then everyone talks about the contract. You need people to be dumb and to forget that he is on a three-game rental from the Eagles moving forward. Yeah, this is a good call, PJ. I actually bought into DeAndre Swift uh, in our home league for a first-round pick, um, you know, kind of going into the playoff run. And ever since I bought him, I mean, it was probably week 10, week 11. I don't even remember. He's been middle. I mean, he's been so mid. I, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, he's had a few good games here and there, but he's had such an easy schedule down the stretch, and he has not popped off. I think it's more so for the scheme of Philadelphia running backs. They're just not – they're splitting it up too much with Gainwell, like you said. You nailed this one, PJ. I mean, he has to be a sell. You don't know where he's going to go, and the value is going to drop down easily to at least two seconds if he goes to some random team. I mean, it, I get it. You could play the mystery game and, you know, say he's going to go to Arizona, Kansas City, uh, Houston Texans. Dude, there's so many running backs that are on the market for this 2024 offseason. I feel like there's going to be a lot of spots taken up real fast and i don't know if there's going to be much room for guys like swift or or pollard i don't know man just like max said on his last sell anywhere between 101 and 109 i'm taking anywhere from 110 to 112 if it's offered to me for for deandre swift right now and that just shows the the kind of urgency that you need somebody might not want to throw a premier first round pick at you you just got to take any first at this point get a dart throw back up don't draft a running back, draft a player that draft like a quarterback, draft one of these quarterbacks that are going to get in those back half of the draft that you can probably start for the next 10 years. It's going to be a loaded, loaded, loaded class. And, All right, and I'd, super, also, I'd also say it. this before we move on here. You could all like Peter. I love this one. I don't agree with you very often. This is great. You could also sell like you could do, Hey, I'll give you Deandre Swift and one Oh eight for like one Oh three. And I think some people could bite on that, man. Some yeah, people, a million like, percent. Wow, like I only move back five spots and get a DeAndre Swift. Like, but you got to make this move fast. I mean, even when he went to Philly, 
I owned him and I, I feel like I could barely get a couple seconds and yes, he broke out and stuff like that, but he's been a very mid running back his whole career. Yeah. And it's just what he is. So just be wary. All right, Mr. C, your sell has been a sell for a couple of years, but I think you're finally right on this one. Not not you in particular, I'm saying. The consensus, he's finally done. Let's hear it. Yeah, so this one is going to be Mike Evans uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I feel like this one goes without saying here. I mean, the guy finished as wide receiver four in half PPR, just an absolute monster year. He probably won, won people some money this year. And, you know good for you but i you have to try to get a first round pick any first round pick 2026 first round pick if you can I, even if you have to add like maybe a second onto it um the biggest thing here for me is the uncertainty with his contract situation he's going to be a free agent and a lot of people might buy into that and i know it seems like i'm trying to sell all the free agent guys but I've been burned. I, you know, you try to buy into that mystery box factor. Like we talk about, like, oh, you think about the best possible landing spots for all of these guys. Mike Evans could get a terrible landing spot and then he's DeAndre Hopkins. And then, then you're just stuck holding the bag. If you could have got, I mean, people were buying DeAndre Hopkins for first because they thought he was going to go to Kansas city. They thought he was going to go to Cleveland maybe you wait a little bit so you have the rumblings of oh Mike Evans is visiting here Mike Evans is visiting there and then you try to sell him for a first but I'm trying to do anything like that get him out of there for some draft capital um if you're still a competing roster one that I you know Max and and PJ might not like but a move that I would make I would try to sell Mike Evans for like Stefan Diggs just straight up, if you're still trying to compete this next year, I think Diggs is still going to have a good year this next year. But Mike Evans is one that really concerns me. If he gets a bad landing spot, it's kind of over for him. So I'm just trying to get out. Yeah, before Max chimes in, I do want to say something about Mike Evans. He has put up a phenomenal year. And he has put up a phenomenal career, without a doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot fantasy Hall of Famer as well. He has just put up absolute nuke numbers every single year. But the way I want to look at him, and it kills me to talk about Bill Belichick in such a, such reverence, but he's very right. He would always move off a player a year early rather than a year late. That's why I started my rebuild a year early, just so I didn't end up with just nothing but future draft picks. And It's crazy you say that, Pete. I feel like that's what you have right now. But Okay. I'm going to just ignore that. What I'm trying to say is you need to move off of him before his value becomes less. And this is like the Derrick Henry argument. But how many players are Derrick Henry? How many? And we saw the wheels finally fall off of him this year, right? I think you have to get any first round pick that you possibly can. I'd prefer 2025 or earlier if you can. There's going to be a competitor out there that will send it tomorrow for Mike Evans because they know – He's going to get his targets or X, Y, Z, or they're not going to look that he's a free agent. And they're going to think that, you know, he's going to end up in Seattle and then be like the the wide receiver too there. You know what I mean? Like you just never know where these guys are going to go in free agency. It's very, very, very interesting, but you need to sell and get as much as you can now before he becomes worth a late second round pick. It, I do agree. And Mr. C, I, I would sell Mike Evans for Diggs. I, I really would do that. I mean, Diggs has, I'm not a big Diggs fan. He's one of my cells as well. I think that one's just pretty uh, – I remember when StatWiz was actually on this podcast. Like, 
Shout out Statways. I was the only man that stood strong on the JSN over Dig side. And I, I we brought it up at the art museum the other day, which if you're looking for something boring to do, go to the art museum. I mean, that will put you to sleep. But um, I stand by it. And uh, I like this. I like all of our sales boys. I mean, we're on fire right now. All right. So I'm going to go in with my buy here, uh, snaking it back around. This one, you know, I love my running backs, man. And this one is going to be Devon A-Chain. I think, you know, he's had a truly elite year this year without injuries. And I think he's made a case to be a top five dynasty running back. I mean, he has new home run games that are going to win you the week. And I think Mostert is aging out there, obviously. I mean, the guy's like 31, 32 years old. They love A-Chain there. And even if they bring in another like complimentary back, it I don't think it affects A-Chain that much. He can split touches and be just as electric as he would be. He'd probably be more electric splitting touches than he would be with a full workload. He's kind of one of those guys, but um I, you know, I would probably pay two two first round picks for him. I get there's people that would never pay more than a first for a running back in Dynasty, but I think A chain is really a game breaker. So I some of the trades I'd try to make two two mid firsts or something like that for A chain. Maybe like Jonathan Taylor for A chain could be an interesting one. And another one I'd be looking for is maybe like Rashad White plus something uh for a chain there to make it close i just think you're gonna have to capitalize because once this offseason comes and they cut Mostert or let Mostert go there's gonna be a window where the a chain hype is just unreal mr c i love this one i'm not big into buying running backs especially that rashad white plus something that is a fantastic one to get on i think rashad white he was going to be one of my cells as well I don't see him repeating it, but a chain, he's a free throw merchant. He's a PPR merchant. That's very true. He's like Joel Embiid. That's very, very true, Peter. But um, I mean, I, I think that this is a really good buy. And if you're looking for someone that like, I think his value is going to be still be up there, but I really do think that this is one that could be like a, a league winner. Now, Max and Nixie, uh, while we still have time, I want to talk about, investment pieces i want you to think obviously like all these podcasts these players are stocks and it's all super pretentious but would you invest in a player now knowing that he's never going to see your opening day roster and you would try to sell him that same offseason i know you do this all the time max would you consider hn as an investment piece or would you want him on your roster knowing how injury prone he is no i think he's honestly he's more of an investment where he's a guy that you could buy when this open up, opens up here and Mostert's getting touches and Jeff Wilson's getting touches in the playoffs. And then come training camp when all this hype's about Devon A-Chain running faster than Tyreek Hill, running faster than Jalen Waddle, you could probably sell for two R- two times your ROI. So, I would honestly like to have him, obviously, on the roster you know, opening day. But if the situation arises where that price just gets too great, like if you're seeing like him – being traded for three three firsts anything like that then i would sell i would sell at that point but you know i'm already saying to buy in at like two first value so that kind of tells you how i feel about him but so i'm i'm more so just trying to get him on my roster for opening day but you know if it the hype gets too crazy then yeah you're right all right thank you mr c for your buy we'll move into mine mr max i already know that 
you're not a fan of my buy. And it's is okay. It, is it someone that's on your team? Not on my dynasty team. Uh, okay. It's not someone on my dynasty team. It's Kyron Williams. Uh, I think a lot of people are seeing him as a sell right now, noting that the Rams are in the playoffs. They're going to run him into the ground, X, Y, Z. I don't think the man, the Rams make a deep playoff run. And quite frankly, I don't think that they add another running back. He's had a stellar season. While they might bring in like a fifth round pick running back that they get from Podunk University, I don't think that there's any real threat to the workload that Kyron's gotten this year. He proved pretty stable. The only thing that held him out was like a little ankle problem for a couple games. He did not have any like hard, hard injuries this, this season while being a little bit smaller. I love him running backs that are legit in this McVay system. Put the heck out. I absolutely love him as a buy. I feel like you can get him for a first especially if it's later first, anywhere between 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, I'm probably doing the deal. I don't know, Pete. I, I just I can't get behind that. I really can't. Uh, he had a great season. Don't get me wrong. I wish the man all of the best. Max, he went to Notre Dame. He's your brother. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I, I just I can't get behind it. I, I really can't. But I, I respect that you are so passionate about Kyron, and I, I wish you but the best of luck on this one because I'm going to have to sit out of this conversation or I'm going to get too heated. I do like this play, especially as a competing roster. I mean, it has to be competing. I guess the bigger question is, are you looking to buy, like, right away? Or are you going to, like, wait, wait till, okay, there's – I mean, because we talked about it, there's a ton of running backs that are on the market in 2024 – Maybe you wait till there's some uncertainty. Maybe the Rams have a guy in their building to visit, like, I don't know, Pollard or whatever think, the case is. The, but The way you look at it is you look at the matchup. Whoever the Rams are going to play, if you think they're going to lose, you buy him before that game. That's that's how I look at it. You don't buy him after because of the chance of injury. right? If you buy him after the game and they win, that's not looking good. And his value is going to go up. But if you buy them before the game and you think they're going to lose 99% of the time, the running back's going to go scot-free uh, without an injury or an insane injury. He might have like a little ankle or a little, you know, shoulder or something like that without like a, a earth shattering injury. I'd probably do it before a game, uh, before the game, you think they're going to lose. That's when you, that's when you buy them. I, I do respect how true you've stayed to Kyron, Peter. I, I do. I do. Max, he was, he was an episode one. He was on episode one of this podcast. I, I shouted him out. How could I ever run away from a true OG? Well, you didn't trade for him when he was worth like a basically a waiver wire pickup. So I, I don't know if you were that in on him, but I do think you were. I wasn't that in on him because I didn't think he'd get the ops. I didn't think he'd get the opportunity. I thought Cam Akers was going to be the uh, the workhorse there. Yeah, but things happen. Things happen. Life changes and – uh you said a fifth-round pick. Kyron was a fifth-round pick, so you better not hope they draft another fifth-round pick because he might take his job now, Peter. There you go, Pukunakua, another fifth-round pick. They got something going on there in L.A. That's right. Let's move on to Mr. Max. Your buy, then we'll send everyone on their merry way to enjoy Week 18. And if yeah, you man. have a Week 18 uh, championship, you should probably stop listening to this podcast. Or you should listen to it more because you need Jesus in your life. Max. Yes, here I am. This is probably the guy I'm going to go after. I mean, right when the window opens, honestly. 
I'm going to go after him and, and Kyler Murray, who are they're actually both on the same team right now um, in our dynasty league. But I, I'm going to go after Tank Dell. It's a good one. It, it's a great one. I think a lot of people forgot about him. He obviously he had just an amazing, amazing time playing football until he got hurt. But his targets, 11, 14, 10, 8. Stroud has looked legit. Stroud loves this guy. He told the general manager, go draft this guy. I think Stroud could easily throw for 300 yards every single game, to be honest with you. Um, and Those yards got to go somewhere. Those yards got to go somewhere. And, yes, I get Tank Dell's not the biggest of guys. But I do think he's a special talent, and I think that you could probably buy for an early second and – a late second, I think a couple seconds. There's probably you don't think so, Mister C. I think a lot of people forgot about him out there right now. But I'd, I'd be willing to pay probably up to like 107 for him. Yeah, I feel like you're going to have to pay that because the people who forgot about him don't have him sitting on their IR right now. I can tell you that because I mean the dude was he was so good when he was on the field. I, you're not going to be able to buy him for anything less than a first, and even just a first straight up. It might be a tough, tough get, honestly. Like, I don't see anybody that still has him on their team just giving him up for a first. Maybe they're scared with the injury and everything. Maybe they bring somebody yeah, in, another receiver, there. but I T. don't Higgins know, man. To the Texans. When, when you start looking at his box score and seeing some of the plays that he was making on the field, I, you know, that price is only going to go up. I don't have much more to say that Super Producer didn't already say. No, he's just one of my favorite guys, though. I I just I think if you could buy, buy. All right. That's all for the episode. Wanted to thank you all for listening. Happy tidings if you have a Week 18 championship. Again, if you do, uh, we have resources to help you. Don't feel like you're trapped in a league with a Week 18 championship. You can change. Anybody can change. Rocky Four taught us that. So, again, thank you so much for making it to the end of the episode. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. The boys might be doing another giveaway for the Super Bowl coming up soon. It's in like a month and change. So stay tuned over there on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Super Producer does a great job over there. PJ, I'm going to bleep you out, but it's not the sb it's the big game right because i don't oh. think we can say i don't think we can say the i don't S-word. think roger's gonna come for us i think he's listening dude he you know what he might be listening roger if you do um i hate my job i'd love to come work for you but uh if you're not i'm gonna call it super bowl until you give me a cease and desist but again wanted to thank you all for making it to the end follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy again at d y n a s t y m o n a r c h y we will see you next week for my favorite episode of the year island of misfit players going to go over some injured some guys that were cut during the year xyz some players that you forgot about that are worth a dart throw in your leagues coming up next year all right peace out everyone Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>